really felt like this time when I watched Heavyweights again that uh, Tony Perkis is more of a tragic character. I feel like we down here it's going to curve around. Are you kidding? After the way he's taken away in the limo at the end, it's just sad as hell. I know, it's, it's tragic. <coughs> There's more sympathy for him than I imagined. He's just misguided. He genuinely wants them to be happy and he healthy. Does. He does. And fucking Stiller and Mira weren't doing shit for these kids. It was really messed up. Hey, John. Yeah. Do you like movies? I do. Hey, Chris. Do you like movies? I do. Is this going to record at the proper? This is a secret recording of uh, Zebras in America, the most incredible Zebras in America podcast ever. You've been Shanghai. Shanghai. Uh, Run amok. We, we are en route. We lied. We said there was never going to be another Vagabond episode again. But when we realized that we were going to be in a speeding car with none other than the than the great men from the pink smoke on the way to the chiller convention we said we need to surprise them with a with an episode you were playing it coy too i asked if you guys were recording on the way up and that rem- I that think this might be some of zebra's famous spontaneity improvisational spontaneity this is this is head. this is yeah this is that was a reminder that that was what we were doing because, because you know, to forget is a sin, and I'd like to think that I put the sin in cinema. So, what's what's good in the movie world, guys? Well, we, John and I, you know, we just live tweeted all five Final Destination movies to an extremely underwhelming response from our followers. But what's even more interesting is the following night, no one on Twitter was treated to it. But then we then live tweeted texting between each other Ernest Scared Stupid which John didn't even need to be on to know every single line as it was coming up as I was watching it so that's what's good in the world of movies I was fulfilling I really like the Ernest Scared Stupid movie I we love it this was a genuine there was not an ironic is that the one with stupid. the super soakers oh yeah full of okay. milk oh well there you go okay the, uh, the trolls and the designed by the guy to the tr- he's handcuffed to the, the car go car. get him oh yes the one with yes. Eartha Kitt the best yeah. the best cat oh my god I was thinking about Eartha, Eartha Kitt was the best cat woman yeah I mean Anne Hathaway was in the best Batman movie as Catwoman. but what's, what's a Batman movie you know, there's there's several. There's Mask of the Phantasm. There's that's a tap. That's yeah. It I, was I for a love long time. the Phantasm movies. <laughs> Those are extremely good. They oh, are extremely good. Three point five of them are extremely good, and one point five is forgivable. <laughs> I I I watched. I binge watched the Henry Fool trilogy this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and, I was and, on, I was and, excited to have you guys on the car because I know you guys are Hal Hartley guys and Scott. Really I just discovered I, I just watched Trust, The Unbelievable Truth, No Such Thing, and the the Fool trilogy. Wow, that's I awesome! Should have live tweeted that. I, I interned for him when I was in college. He did an opera that rehearsed at my college, and I went to work doing nothing for Hal Hartley every day for an entire summer. Did you guys ever talk? Yeah, he's a super nice dude. He is one of the nicest dudes in the world. We did a Hal Hartley episode of Wrong Reel, uh, which after it was recorded, I was told by both James and John Cribbs that my dead-on Hal Hartley impression might be considered offensive to Hal Hartley if he ever heard it, so I'm going to not do it for you now. But I... said a little bit like Bert from Sesame Street. He, he talks like <laughs> Ray Romano. He's like, oh, 
we gotta come over here and we're gonna film this existential comedy. What? Get out there. I was just having this conversation with my wife. Is Henry Fool underrated? Obviously not to how Hartley fans, but to the general say, world. I think it's what more I, underseen than underrated. What I, what I would, what I would say, as someone who only found out who how Hartley was like last year, yeah, I'm gonna say that his whole entire oeuvre is underseen and underrated. Oh, it's an outrage. And of of his movies that I've seen, Henry Fool was not close to my favorite. Not even close to your favorite? I think that if you see them all compressed, I can understand how that's not the case. Because definitely, for us, it came out in 97. So that was our freshman year in college for me and John. It's Marcus's senior year. To me, Henry Fool was the culmination of like my high school cinephilia. And okay. like it reached this crescendo of this filmmaker I loved, I went to I went to SUNY Purchase because Hal Hartley had gone there. Oh, That's wow. why I it's applied to go deep. there. Is that deep? Yeah. Well, I'd heard about it. I also had a friend who went to school there, and she told me, like, you'll love this program. Because I failed out of high school and had to get an equivalency degree, and she was like, they won't care. They'll so actually you when you yeah, interview you. And, um, and so it just seemed like the right program. But Henry Fool came out, and it was like... It just felt like the culmination of the path I was on and like falling away from other paths the way like every teenager you know the way when you're a teenager like you love like and if you're 15 when Pulp Fiction comes out you love it if you're 15 when Fargo comes out you love it but then when you sort of reach adulthood maybe that shit falls away a little more you know yeah, I don't think how Pulp hard Fiction's we, a good movie I don't even think about it anymore oh, it's yeah. just not even you part of my brain gonna, yeah, but henry fool felt like these movies that had really impacted me growing up like simple men was the first one i saw no, and that here, fucking right. blew me up like i love that movie and then unbelievable truth and trust were movies that i had memorized and in fact becoming friends at at school that john was a really big hal hartley fan was really important to our friendship and uh yeah. Although I had not heard of Hal Hartley before coming to purchase, though. I heard about him just as soon as I got there and was like, oh, I guess I should check up on this guy's movies, and then became an instant fan. Trust was the first one I saw. Oh, it's funny, because I read that paper you wrote on Trust freshman year, yeah. and I was like, oh, man, this dude is not an idiot. Unlike every other human <laughs> being I've met as a smart teenager who's smarter than everybody, here is a man who might be as smart as me. The smartest I man in the world, Chris Funderburg. <laughs> but his essay on trust was great. I it so much immediately. Yeah, I wrote a paper about it for like a playwriting class. It wasn't even a cinema class. And this is the beginning of the buddy cop franchise that is known as the Pink Smoke. That was it. This was, this, was the, this was the origin story. Nah, we've told the origin story a bunch of times. This is our version of the origin story. <laughs> this is the zebras. This is non-canonical. This is, this is canonical... <laughs> For me, this is all, all that matters is me and my. No, no, no. Truthfully, days. John and I are bound by a dark and disturbing secret that he and I have both vowed for twenty years never to speak of again. Oh God! Did you do an El Bram Did, did you do an El Bramelin ritual to try to bring back your lost friend and get get a guardian angel? We did. 
No comment. No comment. <laughs> God damn it, oh, that's, John. That's the real reason why you couldn't finish a dark song. I was just going to say, you got to finish watching the dark song. Because you're like, oh, well. This been is, there, this, done that. This has been there, done that. the t-shirt. Bought <coughs> the t-shirt. See you later. Wouldn't want to be a hater. Well, you look, at, you look at these group of masturbators. That's what you say to those guys. I frequently look at groups of masturbators. Is the main way I would describe. Oh, you know what you gotta tell is the, the Toronto story on the street of Toronto. Because that's the most horrible story ever. Yeah, this is a completely unrelated thing. But one of the years, I would go to the Toronto film. I programmed a repertory art house movie theater for about 11 years. And they would send me up to the Toronto Film Festival every year. Because being in a city that you don't know anyone and that's in the cold north is lonely and disquieting. I had my good friend John Cribbs start to accompany my festival and this other guy Paul Cooney. Mr. Cribbs as I like to call him. Mr. Cribbs. And we would go, we were... And I call you Johnny Thunderbird. That is... I go for it. Um... Because you're electric. <laughs> Baby. Um, we would go out at night, get into trouble. Yeah. As young men, smoke weavers. Uh, I didn't smoke weed when I was younger. I hated weed until I um, became an old person who was stressed out by living, and now it's a helpful mind balancer. Um, but we were out one night. We were walking down the street, and sort of um, there's like kind of sleazy areas of Toronto. Like you'll hit a block, like Young. any place where there'll be like. Gross people, and we were over by the uh, burger place. What was that burger place called? But where all the it was near a it was block across from the Scientology Center. I remember. Yeah, it was like some Canada chain, and it's uh, like Harvey's Burger. It's like Harvey's. 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 That's what it was. Yeah, not, and all not of the Bob Hortons. Tim Hortons. Not Tim, Tim Hortons. Hortons. Tim Hortons is great. The coffee and banana muffins are. But it was near where the um, uh, street walking uh, prostitutes. Uh, would line the streets. And sex, so, sex, sex workers. Sex workers, yeah. I say that with no contempt or anything in my voice and with complete respect for the hardships of life and everybody just trying to live and be happy. Uh, but they would people, hang out in the Harveys. People say it's hard out here for a pimp. It's really hard out here for a hoe. Yeah. Much harder. I would agree with that. But, so we were walking by the Harveys, and it's a little bit of an unsavory area. And we're walking down the street, and three of us... Oh, an unsavory area called the Harveys. Huh. And, uh, went to step over. There's a puddle of vomit on the ground. I was like, oh shit. And as I went to step over it, somebody flicked a... I thought it was a cigarette butt at me, and it hit my thigh. And as I'm stepping over the vomit, and it hit my thigh and caused me to step down into the vomit because I thought I got hit by a cigarette. And I real and it was like a deep vomit, like I could feel oh. it in my socks. And it oh. left a the cigarette butt didn't burn my leg. It left a red mark across it, like a dark red mark. And I looked up, and there was a woman standing in the alley beside the Harveys. And she had her hand up in her uh, vagina, and she cackled. <laughs> she had just thrown a used tampon at me that had hit my leg and caused me to step and vomit. <laughs> there. And uh, if you're a rock star, but not if you're just some guy walking down the street. Yeah, and uh, I hadn't brought a change of jeans with me. I had brought one pair of jeans to wear for the whole week. 
and the way the schedule was breaking down, I couldn't find a way to wash those pants immediately. So it was like, oh, it was boy. bad news. Took a little bit of Canada home, Canada home with him. Yep, took a little bit of Canada <laughs> home with me. Were you able to change your socks? Oh my God, I threw the shoes away. So you, you brought two pairs of shoes, but you didn't bring br- two, two pairs of pants? I had my, my snow shoes because I don't want to get... Your snowies. Um, they were like sort of work boots. They were like the synthetic fiber work boots. And because I don't like if it rains, you go and sit, you see seven movies a day when yeah. we're up there. Yeah. And I don't want to sit in a theater with my feet wet. Sure. So I would have rainproof shoes that, as an extra, just thrown in the back of my car. So I did have two pairs of shoes. No, I'm just asking. I I often bring two pairs of shoes now that I'm over 30. It's... Sorry, we're driving. It's coming up here, isn't it, John? Yeah, at the light. Yeah. yeah, no, as I mentioned, this is one of our Vagabond episodes. We were... But that's hope- very Henry Fool, isn't it? What happened to me? That's it's, totally something it's, that has happened to Remember the scatological jokes? Yeah, Did I mean, feel like before he made Henry Fool, he, like, watched, like, some jackass episodes or something? It was, he always no, said no, he read no, a bunch no. of Rabelais. Okay. Is what he said. Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if we weren't discussing Henry Fool... And you had just told me that story, but oh, maybe we won't keep that story on there. But but now we're keeping that story because it is very much uh, in the NUI of the excuse me Henry Fool story. Yes. But yeah, <coughs> I, I, Ned Rifle might have been my favorite one though. Ned Rifle really? was a real. It's the only Hal Hartley movie that he's made in a long time. Like, obviously, Faye Grimm does not resemble his other movies, uh, particularly. And, and me- like, Meanwhile is also... Meanwhile, like Girl from Monday. D- departure. So. Yeah, I mean, Faye Grimm was really wild and weird, and and as I was, we were talking, it's kind of like Rambo 3 of, like, a Hal Hartley movie. Of like, well, let's remake an independent film, you know, seven years later, but just throw in some twists that were definitely not there. And they don't really pick up on too much on the once Ned Rifle starts, just that, you know, some things that happened in the second film happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I was disappointed because I love Parker Posey's character in Henry Fool so much. And I love Parker Posey. And I felt like just Faye Grimm flushed that character from the first movie down the toilet. Saying that the only t- I've only seen Ned Rifle once. I really liked it. I saw it, <clears throat> speaking of Toronto, I saw it with Chris at Toronto. It was our last night in Toronto, 2014. Great experience. It. So that was a cool theater we saw it in. Yeah, it was. I have a... So Thomas J. Ryan, the guy who plays uh, <laughs> Henry Fool, I saw him at a Whole Foods once and I got excited and I called him Henry and he didn't correct me and he just started like talking to me. He was just like, hi, how are you? He was like, the, uh, he, oh, he, man, he, a big fan of yours. He's like, oh, wow, thank you. Really? Oh, he was very, he just seemed like a super nice guy. Like, he and Alina Lowenson were both in the play I interned on. Oh, and I love Chuck Montgomery. And then Book of Life. Yeah. yeah great performances. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'm sure a lot of you have seen, um, Eternal, oh, not a yeah. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He's, he's Jim, yeah. He's Jim Carrey's neighbor that goes McRomance. So I feel like that's where not how Hartley people would know him from. But that's what I'm trying to say is that there's not a lot. Like Hal Hartley doesn't have a gigantic following. Like I talk to a lot of film people now that I've discovered the, this guy, and even some of our film head friends are like, who? who? Yeah. 
Did you see Surviving Desire, Scott? I haven't gotten there oh, yet. Oh, that's my That one's favorite. great. Yeah, Shot of Poughkeepsie, where we just were. Uh, I like to call it Brokeepsie. <laughs> it does feel a little Brokeepsie. Yeah. Is it? The All home of Vassar is Brokeepsie? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a fun thing to say. It's not at all. It's oh, been long since been at all would, since would, you, would you prefer I say Drokeepsie? In fact, we should shout out Kevin Marr since we're coming to the New Paltz and he lives there. Yeah, right, so what's he's up, a what's Vassar up, alumni. What's up, Kevin Marr? Um, the, he's the better Mar I know of. Oh, easily, no question. Easily, no Mar? question. <laughs> no. Yo, Who's the other Mar? Bill Mar. Oh. <coughs> I appreciate his bold stand and willingness to be a complete numbnut dickhead. Isn't that refreshing? Don't you feel refreshed no. to be an unfunny, ugly troglodyte? Jesus. Oh, I doesn't see what you did Kevin there. Moore? Doesn't that, don't it, doesn't that. No, what no. old stance. Yeah. Stale Jay Leno punchlines dressed up in fucking in, white guy well, progressive racism. Yeah, blessed, yeah, dressed up in Islamophobia and hot takes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, I like to smugly smoke reefer and tell you how Muslim people are bad. And who, but, but, the, but the comedy is so much like the worst late night monologue. It's like, God. Also, who makes I mean, it known? Who, who's proud of the fact that they used to date Ann Coulter? Like, why does he, like, who wants to let people know that? That's another. <laughs> Crickets? Nothing. All right. I, I, what do you want us to say? We're, no, John is not proud of it. John dated Ann Coulter. He's not proud of it. Yeah. What? All right. Seriously? No. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to say that so, no, but... I mean, dated is a strong word. They were uh, lovers. Yeah, we had an affair. <laughs> an affair to remember? Do you think it would be an affair to remember? Yo, I just watched a movie on the way here to the train today. Have uh, you ever seen a movie Dominic and Eugene? Uh, yeah. Oh, Ray Liotta? Thomas uh, Holtz? Yeah. yeah. Tommy Holtz? Holtz. Um, very good Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, by the way. Never gets talked about. I mean, the movie had some things, but, like, the 80s just was so bad at actors being adults with developmental disabilities that it just made it kind of hard to enjoy. On a scale of I Am Sam to Other Sister, where did it rate? <laughs> I feel like that's a movie that popped up in every great movies you've never heard of book as, like, the alternative Rain Man. Everyone assumed because <laughs> since it was less of a celebratory film than Rain Man, less celebrated film, then that one was the underrated one that, that everyone should see. Uh, I, it's closer to I Am Sam. What about radio? From a radio to the other system. <laughs> hey, Marcus, we, we thought... <laughs> what about... We pumpkin? thought we were teaching radio, Marcus. But radio, he was teaching us. Radio is teaching us, but what about Pumpkin? With Christina... I tried to reach it. I oh, whoa. Where she falls in love with a young man with disabilities who's not even, like... He's not even like it, what she's doing is sexual abuse. Yeah. It's not even like he's like a guy with autism with with like a heart of gold. He's a developmentally like rewatching he's some just movie. A jerk. Is that it? <laughs> Come on. No, it's like that case. It's like that case. You, if you work with adults with disability, you must have read about that woman who does the uh, oh, like the hand reading where they like do the guided to like ultra I don't even know what condition they have like ultra autistic people who can't even speak and they sort of do the guided hand thing 
that turns out to be a bit of chicanery where they like spell out words and she was like having an affair with them and he was like spelling out like I seduced her she bravely resisted me you know and it's this guy who has to wear diapers and like can't uh, even see we you know baby. no but this is a real life case this is just really? recently and she yeah. went to jail for it it's really oh. horrifying can I bring the room down but I'm saying the pumpkin I I know what you're saying I'll bring it back up you guys remember the titans oh my god I always remember the titans Titans wish they could forget Cleveland this weekend, am I right? No. Oh, we don't do that here. Huh? We don't just don't just the Browns in this, this car. No, I'm just like we, I don't I don't know all that much about sports. Yeah. Which is reasonable. That's totally reasonable. I know about I like pugilism. Yeah. You know? Uh, but that's about it. I do like some of the stories. I like stories. That's why I like movies. Yeah, because I like stories. Do you like boxing stories? Oh, I love boxing stories. I love, I love That's UFC a, stories. We were just talking about. Uh, Marcus hadn't heard of the um, Japanese guy. His name I couldn't remember in Pride, the Gracie Killer. The early on, the like super small Japanese guy in Pride, yeah, I can't think of who his like name. took down all of the Gracie brothers yeah. like back to back to back to back. That's a blood feud vendetta. I don't want to get part of. Unless you're this dude, and he and he was like outweighed by all of them by like thirty or forty pounds. Dude, I really like the movie Hard Target. Oh, Who doesn't? In the right car John, why do they call you Chance? My mommy took one. This guy used to have a poster of Hard Target up in his room. It's true. I've been like, getting, sometimes I get sad. Yeah. And I rewatch films of old, like films that used to I love. And I still really, really like that one, man. It's great. And Kickboxer, to be honest. Oh, I, absolutely. I And I, I know I'm going to lose you guys on this, but... Kickboxer. Go left here, Marcus. This is 87 cents. Kickboxer. No, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Kickboxer, kickboxer 2. With the step-by-step guy? Yeah. Written and I think directed by uh, Goyer. David S. Goyer. And they got the real Tong Po to come back at the end. That's true. Van Damme, I can only think of that. Friend. What is that guy's name? Cody, but he's... Cody, I only know him as Sasha, Spike of Sasha, Bensonhurst. Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. No, it's like Sasha James. Sasha, Sasha Mitchell. Sasha, Sasha Mitchell. Sasha Mitchell, Have yes. you guys seen Spike of Bensonhurst? This is an important yes, moral question. Yes, because you kept bringing it up. Um, but I finally you're a Brooklyn guy. Have you seen it? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Tell me more. Talisa Soto. Gorgeous. Well, this movie is so strange. It's the guy, you know, like Andy Warhol's Frankenstein and all that are really directed by Paul Morrissey, is the director on him. He made one movie without uh, Andy Warhol at all, and it's this satire called Spike of Bensonhurst about a guy from Bensonhurst who has to move to, is it Red Hook? And, like, he's like a dumb Italian guy, Mook, who's supposed to be a fighter, but he's no he won't take the dives... And he like gets a mafia boss is pregnant, and he moves Baldo to Cassetti. to Played I by think Ernie it's Borgnine. yeah. Could you say that louder? Played by Ernie Borgnine, and um, he moves to like Red Hook, and like cleans up Red Hook, and but it is one of the most insanely foul reactionary movies you will ever see. It is out of its mind, and it's like a goofball comedy from a guy from Andy Warhol's factory. And it's made in, like, mid-'80s, late-'80s, at, like, the height of racial tension in New York. Chris, from South North. What? North to South. Where's he going? We're going South, John. Okay. Okay, sorry. 
Um, you guys are like a married couple. Yeah. And it's crazy. And it's Sasha Mitchell from Kickboxer 2. And anyone what? who's a James Bond fan, Talisa Soto from License to Kill. But some of the lines in this movie films. are great. Like the final line of the movie, Spike Bensonhurst has a baby with Talisa Soto. And Ernest Borgnine comes, and the, like, happy ending of the movie is Ernest Borgnine looks at the baby, who's biracial, and says, Look at that! He's almost wide enough to pass! And, like, smiles, and that's the end of the movie. Holy shit. Yeah, this movie is crazy. Did y'all... Is it by Paul Morrissey? Didn't he direct it? Yeah, it's Paul Morrissey. Did y'all ever see Trick Baby? Uh, the Freeway 2? Yeah. No. But, <laughs> but Freeway... Yeah, I read yeah, Trick Baby, no, the, the uh, Iceberg Slim. Slim. Uh, did they not? No, didn't didn't no, they no, make no, it? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, Iceberg Slim, the, the book is, is very good. It's phenomenal. The movie's man. like, just... There, there was a movie. I'm not hallucinating, right? No, you're right, yeah. There's a movie... all the exploitation films in the yeah. mid-70s. So, yeah. yeah, Trick Baby the, uh, is about a, a young uh, black man whose father's white and he can pass. And he uses that to... Uh, you know, con people. Uh, similar to yeah. a similar to a side side quest in the film, uh, the spook who sat by the door, where he oh, got, love that where he got the, the the young light skinned guys yeah. to play off people's fears. That's a movie that I that was getting a lot of re love. Like yeah, people were like 15 years ago, and I I, w- I hope it gets back because it that one really is a good movie. It is, but it's... Don't you think it's the incendiary qualities of its racial politics are untouchable now? Don't you feel like that's not a movie that has a place in sort of the cultural landscape anymore? I'd have to rewatch and get back to you. I do know that I was rewatching um, both Eddie Murphy's Raw and Delirious the other day and was like... Oh, I can't really recommend this to people who hasn't seen this anymore. Yeah. But I know... See, that's the thing. This is what I think is weird, is people talk a lot about... Oh, at the time, nobody... That's just the way it was. But I remember being a kid, and all of the homophobic stuff bothered me. I hated those two specials, because there's so much homophobia in it. And... Really... I think that it's a cop-out to say nobody knew. People knew, even when this stuff was happening, there were people who were against it. It's just, it was a different landscape, but I never liked those because of the, like, insistent the homophobia. There's no better word, there's no other word to describe it. I was about to call it gay bashing, but that's not even it. But just the punchline is just like, and then a gay dude looked at my ass. And it was never a gay dude, it was word. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say that. No, I'm just saying. I think it's important to... So, it is interesting, but I just... I don't know. I think it's also important for people to know that these sort of movies existed. Yeah. Uh, Younger people. uh, Or, you know, I'm I'm always always, uh, in favor of remakes. Yeah. That's a movie that could make a really cool remake. Or a terrible one. (laughs) (laughs) Who would touch it, though? That's the question. Who would touch it? Who would touch it? Would you touch it? I also like to think that Ivan Dix is secretly Marcus Pitt's grandfather. Was hey, it? man, it's, it's it happened. true. Ivan Dixon had an affair with uh, Marcus's... It wasn't uh, an affair. It was a legit... They dated. Like, she hadn't met my grandfather yet. So it, it, it was all it was all good and 
fucking fine. I will, I will stand for no impugning of the pin bloodline here. What's that? I will stand for no impugning of the pin bloodline. So this, well, this there's, there's, a, there's also another funny, funny story. I don't, oh God, man, may my grandmother rest in peace. She, uh, my friend, all through college, I used to make a joke because my grandmother worked directly for Adam Clayton wait, Powell. Wait, wait, you're, you're the grandmother whose house I lived in? Yes, Ruth Hudson. Okay. She worked for Adam Clayton Powell, and if you know anything, great civil rights leader, but his one vice was women. And it's like, it doesn't help that Adam Clayton Powell kind of looks like my grandfather. Like, oh, very no. light-skinned. Oh, no. So, sometimes, like, you know, I, I was oh, on, no, a, I was on a college yes. campus, so if you, there's plenty of pictures, of murals of, of, of him, so they, oh, Marcus, like, who's your grandfather? That was like a common thing at Hampton University. People would see Adam Clayton Powell and say, oh, Marcus, like, who's your grandfather? So, yeah. <laughs> I think that would make a great movie, like discovering that Adam Clayton Powell was my grandfather, and like, what do I do with this? Information? Wow, you could you could make the American stories we tell. Yes, there, there you go. go. Oh yeah. shit! Holy shit! Which is a movie I love. Well, my, that was my favorite movie of uh, 2013. Which that's is why weird. I, that's why I threw you that alley oop, baby. I'm an I'm an only child, so like I'm always fascinated by siblings, and that movie's that, 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 that that's that's a very sibling heavy movie. Just big family, which I didn't have, so I'm always like fascinated by that. I love sleeping over how, my friends' houses because they all had brothers and sisters. I like being around that. That's so, one of many movies yeah. that I appreciate more from your enthusiasm. For I did, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's true. I came I, around on it because of you. It's, it's at, at, at the start of it, it. At the start of it, Sarah Paul, like, I remember being, wait, am I going to like this? And I remember the first time I saw it, right as I thought that, Sarah, one of Sarah Pauli's sisters says the line. She's like, who gives a shit about our family? And I remember thinking that, and then a few minutes after, I was like, oh, I'm really going to like this movie. Well, that's what's funny. Ended. When I met John Waters in high school, my friend asked him, do you have any advice for aspiring filmmakers? And he said, sex and violence, because no one cares about your grandmother. And I always <laughs> thought about that with uh, stories we tell in the Michelle Gondry movie. It was like, these guys needed to talk to John Waters. No, but oh, it turns yeah, yeah. out people do want to know about your grand grandmother. Yeah. yeah. Two months. <clears throat> I really like Mood Indigo. Not a lot of people saw that one. Oh, Michelle I don't know. It. It's, oh, it's, yeah. Uh, I like it. I do. It was cool. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. That's the one that was out in France for like four years and then got yes. recut from... Yeah. Yeah. I only saw the American version that everybody hates. Well, that version sucks. You gotta watch the French one. I know. I'm just saying. But, but also, Not a fun, you know fun connection, Sarah Polly was in uh, No Such Thing, the oh, Hal yeah, Harley film. Yes. Yep. She 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 played who, uh, you know maybe a young Adrian Shelley would have played. Rest in peace. I'm so sad about that. Yeah, yeah. it makes yeah. me like one, one more tie, to keep tying it tight. John and I at TIFF once sat through an incredibly awful adaptation of Beowulf, just because Sarah Polly was in it, and we were waiting for her to appear on screen, and we stayed for like an hour and a half of this goddamn movie. She talks about making the movie in Stories We Tell, doesn't she? she she's like on set No, no, that, she that, gets a call. That was the movie like. she did with Jared Leto. Oh, was that um, what that was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which but I saw, I can't think of it. But yeah, go ahead. Up at Toronto, just like Sarah Polly fans being like, I can't believe we're sitting That was the first this. movie I ever saw in Toronto at the film festival. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's bad. Sad news. Tell me they're not and all you, this bad. Uh, Cribs, you, you can't talk about Adrian Marcus, Shelley? I need to it's, it's such a heartbreaker for me. I mean, everything about it, not just, you know, uh, the fact that she was, you know, killed, but that it went from literally being like when you were following it live from like, oh no, she killed herself. Yes, that to, was the one. Oh no, this guy accidentally killed her and then tried to cover the crime to like, oh no, this was just flat out murder. And it just got more and more tragic because she like simply, each <clears throat> step. Can you, know? you imagine simply going downstairs to tell someone to keep it down? 
and then it just escalates to your death. Like that's very. I don't even know. No, no, no. They even. They, I don't even think it was that. Oh, I thought they find out that he was robbing the apartment. Oh, that part just I thought. Oh, never killer. mind. Oh, never mind. No, like oh, I said, I there were so that. many different. You know, it just kind of kept evolving into something even worse. And it just wow. sucks because I'm just like we just lost a brilliant talent, and I didn't. I didn't really know. I I, I just discovered trust oh, no. and films like that. So I'm watching Trust and I'm losing my mind because I've never seen a movie this good. Like it, like I'm like, oh, yeah. this is ready to be one of my favorite movies, and it's a, it might be in my top six right now. And I'm just like, who is this woman? Because she's there's great performances in that movie, but her, but her, her vulnerability and brilliance and and way of wearing Timberland boots, which as a which as a native New Yorker is something that. I, you know, I, I always pay attention to the Timberland Brooks. Brooklyn Center specifically, Brooklyn. It's in New York City generally, but Tim's were, uh, Tim's are very Brooklyn. Did you see Amateur? No. It's funny because Hal Hartley dresses Isabelle Huppert up like Adrian Shelley in, oh, in man, those movies. Oh, man, he does. I didn't think about that. Yes, he does. And it's so interesting. And Isabelle Huppert, you see it and you're like, nah, it's like a pale imitation. And it's Isabelle who cares. Oh wow, yeah, because I'm like Isabelle who cares. Like, it just makes you go like, ugh, no. She no. don't got the thing. And I love Isabelle Huppert. She's my favorite actress in the world. But Adrian Shelley has a real something. Yeah, this too. is like the fifth episode I brought her up because I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand it. There's like, a great Adrian <laughs> Shelley Foundation that we should give a shout out to that supports uh, women in the arts. Yeah. And I, I uh, also. You know, it's funny, too, watching Ned Rifle and Scott brought back up these feelings in the text. When I saw it with you, you know, it's it's that movie's kind of called, like, the high school reunion. Because everybody's in it. Yeah. Except Adrian Shelley. And you keep, like, oh, man. Yeah. She's not in, it does make you think of, like... Well, she was also gone from his work... Because yeah, they, broke was, they broke yes, up, yes. and he married Miho. She oh, did do it. She they did. Were, do. They were lovers. Yeah. Yeah. Just drop me off out front. Oh, and you guys girl. can keep going. Yeah, they were. I think was she a purchase person? I don't think she was purchase. No. She I think she student. was like somebody. She can't. She met. She was. Edie friends. Falco was purchase. Yeah, I think she Joe was Sage, like friends with Edie Falco Sage or something. Or... But Edie Falco was another Falco, person. Falco played the sister in Trust. Yeah. Yeah, Edie Falco in Trust I'll is right so back. incredible. That's like my favorite scene where he uh, he's in the bar and she comes up and hits on him. Go back out. I really Go love back that out scene. And fuck. We start. Yeah. Wait. I'm excuse me. Someone's mom like that. The mother of two. I love that. Oh, so and then I, the way he's just punching everybody in yeah. the stomach. Is I saw Martin Donovan. Love him. I was okay. I saw him at the old Virgin Records. Uh, in, in Manhattan, he was just looking through some CDs, and this was around the time, you know, like where if you were gonna come up to him, it would probably been like Weeds or like Saved, because that those movies were out at the time. And I came up, and I was just like, "Hey, man, I, you know, I don't want to bother you, you, whatever." But I really think your performance in Trust is just like one of the greatest oh, acting performances the, ever. I didn't, I didn't know the story. And then he go, he 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 does like a oh wow. Thank you. Wow. And like he shakes my hand and I'm like, I'll, I'll leave you alone. And then like I go, I, I didn't need to be in the section he was in. But maybe like a minute later, I could tell that affected him because he like looked, he happened to look up and saw me and he gave one of those like, oh, wow. Thank. It was like the most genuine, like even after he was just like, oh, that just made my night. Like I, I could totally tell. Yeah. And rewatching so. the, like I, I sometimes watch bad superhero uh, television. Mm -hmm. So. He's an Ant-Man. That's not where I was going because oh. I liked Ant Man okay. enough. I liked it enough. Um, I was watching uh, Legends of Tomorrow, mm -hmm. which is an offshoot 
of an offshoot of Arrow. And he played like the evil Time Lord for a oh. whole season. And it and it was it was interesting. Oh, right. They yeah. call him a Time Lord, really? No, no, but like oh. they, they were they were it it was like DC Comics bites off uh Doctor Who. Mm. Okay. And, and it was like it's kind of fun now that it accepted that it is, but it's not whatever. But yeah, I was texting he was texting me like, Oh, it's a it's a reunion of of Hal Hartley stuff and I and I was just like yeah, but without Shelly, yeah. negative smiley face. Yeah, I I want to. What I would like to do is, um, I would like to do a showing of, of her. What's her, the movie she made? Sudden Manhattan. Sudden Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah, Sudden. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I heard it's quite good, and it's it is. essentially out of print, but there are ways to see it. And they still have it on Netflix, I know. Oh, through, they, they do? through mail and not through, through mail. Oh, but, oh. Uh, so you get the so, disc, yeah. you know, and I know. Recently, we were introduced to a place in where I think we could probably show something. Absolutely. And that would be really cool. I also want to do a special screening of um, Babe 2, Pig in the City. Of course. Oh, wow. Yeah. Me yeah. And, um, it's one of my favorite yeah. movies. Really Before we get is. off Adrian, Shelley, let me just say that I, you know... Yeah. Oh, I'm, um, not, I'm not leaving yeah. Adrian oh, okay. Shelley, bro. I, um, was, I did a series for The Pink Smoke on um, actress who had, actresses who had been murdered in real life. And planned to finish it up by doing a very personal one on Adrian Shelley. I couldn't bring myself to do it because it, it really made me that sad. But I did watch Southern Manhattan for it and listen to her commentary. Uh, she cast Chuck Montgomery in that. Chuck Montgomery's in um, a bunch of Hartley's movies, and he's in Henry Fool, Angus James, and uh, Amateur stuff like that. And Chris cast him for his film, yep. uh, The Burning Bride. He's fantastic in it. Yes, he is. And. Um, I was going to say, I'm really glad to hear that Martin Donovan story because uh, we were, he and I were talking about Donovan and he said, yeah, he's like a, like a real right winger, a real Is conservative. It's like, oh, that's too, he's like, yeah, like follow him on Facebook or whatever. Like he has a lot of really conservative views. Oh, that's too bad. Do you know what, not to, I don't want to spec it, but I'm just saying, <clears throat> he did that movie with Kirsten Dunst. He was like Kirsten Dunst's dad. He was like a crazy militia right winger. Mm-hmm. So that hits too close to home now. That's so Oh, cool. geez, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, when Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, she was, she was, it was like right after, it was like a smaller film. It was right after the, the vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. You know what's funny? I learned that Kane, the wrestler Kane, is super tea party in real life. Really? He has like a blog. He has a newsletter. He's extra with that shit. And it's like, I already barely liked Kane, so <laughs> I strongly dislike him now. Martin Donovan so is different. see no evil Fair I'm enough. really only about Bautista now, right now. He's the best. That's totally of the, absolutely. He's best. He's better than The Rock, man. He's killing it. He's he he's because he's got the chops. He doesn't just got the body. He does. He actually. I mean, for those ba- for Bautista those who don't know, got the got skills. He can act, bro. He, he trimmed down like he's he, from when he was a wrestler. He was even. I mean, he's, which is crazy to think, is he's still a big guy. But he's he's essentially thinner from when he was the animal Batista back. When I, I really animal. want like a slow sci-fi film with Batista's character in Blade Runner, or just something else. That short film could have been a feature. That short Blade Runner film could have been a scene from a whole movie. Yeah, called I I'm think. called I'm a Farmer. So Blade Runner's worth seeing for Batista. Oh, you haven't seen it? Kind of. Kind of. It's three hours long. Every yeah, time I'm like, maybe I'll see it, I'm like, I don't even like the original Blade Runner. Well, then you're not going to like it. Yeah, because yeah. you, you feel that almost three hours. But remember, I said I see almost everything, you know? So, so you're omni- omniscient. No, I just go theatrical releases, I see them, you know? So omnipotent. To, to skip a something 
to not even consider something is, is I difficult was, for me. I was saying to our friend the other, in text message today that the film is completely superfluous, but I had a great time. Yeah. And I liked it. I'd even call it a four a four star if only because there are some really nifty special effects and um and some good music. John, do you like the original Blade Runner? Uh, yeah, but it's a movie that I like to say is a um, um, sorry is a bad movie that I love. I, I rate it with like a pop down down that way. A movie that I, if I sat down to actually think about it or talk about it or write about it, I couldn't defend it really. But I I do like it. You know what does not get brought up enough about is that Harrison Ford isn't a very good Blade Runner. <clears throat> Like, no, Sean Young kills one no, of the guys. He's, he's, like, almost incompetent. He kills two of them just, like, by well, the, luck. Uh, and then, well, like, the other one kills Howard character is so much more interesting. Yeah, what's, what, well, what's that Rutger Hauer movie? What, split, like second? Yeah, split, split second? Yeah, split second. Split second. Split second, yeah. We can it's talk like, about split second. It's London, right? It's a, like a post-apocalyptic London where there's like... That, because I think that might be a better movie. Yeah. Oh, without question, for me, I like I like split second 50 times more than Blade Runner. So talk about it. Talk about Split Second. Yeah, give us a little breakdown. It's a great movie because like it takes, it, it actually doesn't care about like developing the characters. It kind of like starts at like an action trope where it's like you know he's like the grizzled, unshaven, long trench coat wearing, sunglasses hero who the chief hates. You know, but he's the like going to go out there and like and like get that monster in the get that monster alien running around in the subway killing people. It's just like it doesn't give a shit. And I it's think like that's one of the reasons that it really is great. And then his partner, who's like the straight-laced uh, Brian Ben Ben type, you know, yes. he um, when he finally sees the alien, has that same like shock of like realizing that he's real. He like starts eating like donuts and smoking like, like Rucker <laughs> Howard does. Like becomes that same kind of like action hero. It's to great. Live and die in L.A. ending. Yeah. And for those who don't know, John was. Uh, Everyone in this car would get it, but he was referencing I Come in Peace when he said the Brian Britt Ben Ben uh, partner. Another great guy. Yes. No, similar movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. What are, yeah. It's similarly beloved by us. Yes. Do you guys like the movie Surviving the Game? Well, without are you question. Yeah. Ernest Dickerson, what? man. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. It was just F. Murray Abraham's birthday. I was bummed. I tweet a lot of dumb shit and get a lot of likes and, and retweets. I tweeted, Happy birthday, F. Murray Abraham. You had one of the best scenes in uh, Surviving the Game in the end. Mason, I just want to talk, Mason. Oh my god, did you guys see the. Uh, I don't need this fucking That's how we got the Star Trek yeah. villain game. It has to be. I listen, there's an interview with Ernest Dickerson on um, the Cypher podcast, and he talks about how F. Murray Abraham, a lot of scenes you see from behind, that's not him. Because, like, first week of shooting, he broke his arm and had to go back. <clears throat> so they got this crew person to kind of like stand in for him from like behind shots and they had to come in and do all this. Like, do a plan and nine if, from outer you, space. <laughs> yes, or, or like the clean shaven. If you look closely a lot of times too, if one hand is bigger than the other because he had a, like a cast and they put a glove on it, like you, you can, now, now that I, now that you know it, if you go back and watch, it's like, oh, I yeah, see it. Uh, yeah. As, as though I needed an excuse to go back and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> does the everybody, phone, yeah. do you have to, do you like explain to your listeners, does everybody know who, who, who Ernest Star Dickerson is? Right? Uh, no, but we can. He was. Uh, he started out as, as Spike Lee's director of photography, also shot Brother from Another yeah, Planet, yeah, yeah. and then became an interesting genre director in his own right. John and I are fans of 
a few of his films. He also did Demon Knight, the Tales from the Crypt yeah. movie. John wrote two. I like that movie. Yeah, I like films. that movie. He wrote two. Uh, you wrote about Bones and Demon Knight for a pin. He actually. didn't direct Never Die Alone. And I'm glad that Demon What's, Knight's finally getting like a second Did he direct, John, he did Never Die Alone, right? With DMX? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes. yes. Yeah, I yes. like that movie. Yes, Is that what that movie's called? Yes. yes. It's yes. based yes. off of a very, since, to, to take it back, based off of a Donald Goins novel. Yep. Donald Goins and Iceberg Slim, we were talking about Trick Baby. Yep. Those guys were considered on the vanguard of, uh, of um, black uh, the street writing. Um, yeah, although it must be said that Never Die Alone has very little fidelity to the Donald Goins. No, it's very there. There are a <laughs> lot of changes. I like. I actually like the movie, and I love the book. Yeah. Speaking of Ernest Dickerson, my friend was a cinematographer on a show that Ernest Dickerson directed, and they worked together for like a couple of months. And he said, whenever they're not shooting, Ernest Dickerson is just in his trailer watching movies. Like, from everything from, I don't know, from Godard and William Friedkin to, like, random Dolph Lundgren action movies. Like, he literally, like, he just consumes What podcast did you just tell this story? <laughs> I feel like I just heard you tell this story. Oh, I had to have. Uh, I did. I was think it was Scorsese? on... Scorsese? Yes, it had to have been on Scorsese. Okay. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about his influence on Spike Lee. Is, okay, it, right, is, right, is right. Never Die Alone, is that the one... Because Ernest Dickerson in the morgue with Henry Gibson, where Henry Gibson has the very... Brief cameo. I think that is Never Die Alone. Now I'm going to look that up. And, and, and true, the John Stamos movie. In true Scorsese fashion, Ernest Dickerson usually puts no, his mother is, in almost this, every one this of his. This is a David movie. Arquette. Movie. Oh, does he? Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, David yeah. Arquette and DMX, and he's like the reporter. Yeah. Yeah. I think sweet. Henry Gibson yeah. plays the the mortgage and, attendant. And Bones is the other the horror movie he did. I'm a big fan of Bones. I think is, it's a is fun any, movie. Is anyone yeah, willing to? I think we're, to... we're having four conversations. Sorry. Are we having four conversations? Yeah, we were. Yeah, there were three cutoffs in, in, in a matter of. So where where, where do you, where do you want to talk? I don't know. I lost where we were. Uh, you're telling about how Ernest Dickerson no, asked her mother. Yeah, his no, mother. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, good guy, Ernest Dickerson. Yeah, that Ernest Dickerson. I, I only said that just five skills. But it's very appropriate that we mentioned Split Second because I got a bootleg of it last time we went to this convention. Before it, before it came out on Blu-ray. Right, because we're going to the Chiller Convention, which is... Uh, it's a horror movie convention in Persephone, New Jersey. And I guess you guys invited me because I recommended you guys to see Dark Song. Definitely. <laughs> That's definitely the reason. No, we thought uh, Marcus uh, had come with us before, had a good had time, a time. Uh, met some classic wrestlers. We met Knobs and Sags, the nasty I wanted to take a picture of Greg the Hammer Valentine, but he was nodded off, uh, so I didn't want to tap him and wake him up. And I will say, at this particular convention, I was really excited to get, or maybe the one before, I was really excited to get Rip Torn's autograph. Rip Torn was going to be there, seemed like a big deal, and I got up to his table and I immediately got depressed because he was this gray, ashen shell of his there. former self, and he could barely hold the pen up. He had like three people helping him like sign each autograph, and he wasn't looking. He wasn't looking up at the world, you know. You he was just kind of in his own. Lost the heart to ask him to say he wants to fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> Be like, hey, it was depressing. I just yeah. need to kill you, baby. For real now. <laughs> I had to do it, baby. I had to do it, baby. I had to do it. Baby. Hey, man, would you mind hitting me in the head with a hammer in front of my family? <laughs> oh shit! I'm I brought my own hammer. I thought he'd be up for it. You know, no, and, and I couldn't. <laughs> That probably would give him energy. He would probably 
gain the, the will no, to walk he, and get up. No, he and... looked like somebody that Matilda May and Life Force had just gotten a hold of. <laughs> yeah, I've never more... seen a human being look more gray, literally. Did he look more miserable than Linda Blair, which I feel like you guys didn't know. I feel like I'm the only I didn't notice. Anytime Blair. I tell you guys, I No, Linda Blair... She, had, she, had, she like, had her hand like, like she was doing one of these. It like, seems like Linda Blair would look for these fucking things, you know? Not, not that day. No. Okay. That's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. You know, I always wonder like how these people feel about coming to these things. Some people seem. I feel some What's, the, uh, what's the Troll Two documentary? We were just talking about. Oh, we were just talking about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Movie. The, where the guy goes to his first convention, he's really excited. He's like being really he's meeting yeah. everyone, and like two hours in, he's like he hates it and he wants to leave. Right? He's like, yeah, it, so, you know, because no one's coming up and like talking to him. It's like anything. it's like a unnecessary evil when you're <coughs> when you have certain parts in genre world. That keeps you paid. Like yeah. I go to comic conventions sometimes, and there are artists that I love, legendary, legendary, legendary. comic legendary. comic artists, and I'm like, I see you at these things. Like, do you like it? He's like, no, but I like paying rent, and one if I the, don't come here, I don't. So one of the um, first ones we ever went to back in college. What's that? Stop. If you don't want to have separate conversations, you two need to stop whispering no, to each other. I was responding to what you guys were saying, oh. actually. Yeah, it's like, like it, it's rough. Yeah. They had, like, it hit me in the gut is what I was saying. Yeah. I, didn't, I just didn't want to vocalize my depression from hearing that story oh, too much. It's okay. I, 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 I'm hitting, going into November, I get very depressed. Yeah. One of the first oh, really? horror conventions yeah. we went to, John Cribbs was there. We went to talk to Tom Savini, who we loved. He told us to go away because we were scaring other customers away by hanging around too I much. I wasn't at that one. You weren't at that no, one? I guess that was a group of... He was like, you guys are killing the vibe. And he like wanted to punch us in the face. I, uh, I, I feel like he could punch... I feel like he does. He could punch a person. I feel like, like he's a guy who gun. thinks he could punch people in the face. Last That's thing I watched... Reasonable. Last thing I watched with my three-year-old daughter right before coming out with you guys was uh, Tom Savini directed Tales from the Dark Side episode about a family of werewolves, so... That's nice. I did, yeah, I did meet Tom Savini eventually. We're and... werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> Love that, that movie. That is a very good movie. Um, yeah. he, um, he seemed annoyed that I wanted him to sign, of all things, my Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 poster. Just because Toby Hooper uh, and Caroline Williams were at the same convention. I was just having everybody sign it. But I guess it's not what he's like best known for. He seemed annoyed like that that was right. the thing I had brought up to have him sign. Yeah, but I we, don't... we brought him something. We had, I had like a copy of his... Um, effects book, like how to do effects from yeah, Tom Zavini that I wanted him to sign yeah. and he seemed annoyed. Yeah, maybe he was just annoyed. Great, I'm not even comparing myself to Tom Savini at all but I, as, as you guys may know I, I produced rap music for many years and now, now I mostly do film music and commercial music but one time I was at a concert and these two kids from Boston came up to me and they were like, man, I really, I really like uh, your stuff, Scott Thorough. And then they mentioned like some random ass song I did, and I almost cried. I, there's no like, so I don't. Can I tell it back to Hal Hartley? I went to a. Just one. I sorry. did one more sentence. I promise, baby. I'm sorry. Because uh, because I just because <laughs> I just was like, I, to, for someone to be annoyed of a deep cut, like, and I'm 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 a T list rap person maybe maybe x like with low. ice tea no no like like a list like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm x ultra underground 
I'm gonna. I have still have a little bit of this coke left, and uh, if you want to take a little cold bath, baby. Uh, but I'm. Just, it's just weird that you would bring that shit. But then some. Sometimes people don't know what to do with it, and I should be noticed that that for people listening, what one thing we're referencing is a. Uh, there's a video of Rip Torn trying to murder Norman Mailer. Right. <laughs> Justifiable fil- homicide. While filming. Do it. Filming a movie and and his and Norman Mailer's children and wife show up and it shouldn't be as funny as it is. That's what I'll say about that. You're gonna say something about Hal Hartley? To no, when uh, I before he worked on this opera, it was premiering at the Salzburg Opera Festival, so all the rehearsals were up. Uh, SUNY Purchase in Westchester, New York. When they were moving over to Salzburg for the to start getting prepared there. He threw a little, like, New York rap party at his house and just invited the, basically the people who had been working. Like Wu-Tang Clan? No, no, just like Oz. the eight. You said New York rap party. Yeah, exactly. It was... Uh, KRS. It was uh, LL was the main person there. Um, she could cut with raps mostly. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Jeru showed up, but only to deliver the Chinese food. So then... Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Wow. Um, Facts. Now, continue. <laughs> that, 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 that could be totally plausible. Uh, I wish I... That was... Actual feel, facts. Relax. Feel when free to cut me, that I'm joke. not the... We'll cease that. Um, no, it was just like the actors and the small crew and their like significant others. And yeah, I was talking to him and he was like, here, let me give... I've loved having you here. Let me give you some stuff. And he like dug out like... Here's a copy of like some soundtracks from my movie. I'll write a little note to you. Thanks for doing this. And I was like, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, I went to SUNY Purchase because such a big fan of you. And, uh, you know, some of your movies mean so much to me. My favorite movie of all time is Surviving Desire. And he was like, what? That one? They didn't let me cast the actress I wanted in it. I, I hate that actress. I wanted Parker Posey, but she wasn't known at all. So I had to put this other woman Unlike in it. Mary Ward. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I put Parker in it when they're like, there's a woman on the street dancing by a phone booth in the background. That's, oh, that's Parker, because I really wanted her to be the star. And it was one of those things where he was like, I don't know, it was strange. He felt like, oh, no, 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 don't like that one, was sort of the vibe I got was from him was like, no, 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 like my actual better stuff. You know, like don't yeah. do that. He gave an interview Such to the as AP Club and said, "Flirt, flirt is his favorite flirt movie." Flirt is theory of achievement. Theory of achievement. Like, At that party, I was like, "What's your favorite that you've three, done?" Yeah, I did three of and he was like, "Theory of achievement, which is this short film this short that that, like that is awful." Well, that kind of started like the uh, our idea of like artists never like their best thing. Yeah, <laughs> like Rainer like, Fassbender likes Beware a Holy Whore calls his best movie. Bob Bob Dylan said that the only album you can listen to is Blood on the Tracks. It's the only one where I really got it down, man. <laughs> and oh, uh, Stephen this, King recently who's said... Who's this uh, Donovan guy? Get out of my like car, car, Donovan. <laughs> Wait, what is Stephen King? What? He recently, there was like a you know, clickbait thing that's like, Stephen King wants this movie to like get a second chance. I was like, oh, of all the Stephen King movies, what could it be? I'm so curious. Cell with John Cusack, okay. which he co-wrote the screenplay. It's terrible. It not, is terrible. Not the Shining remake with Corlin Mead? <laughs> I think he assumes everyone loves that. I think he like keeps himself in his own bubble. Kiss and kiss. And kiss and kiss and kiss and kiss and kiss. Okay. All right. like, My fans really love
love my version of The Shining and Sleepwalkers. <laughs> Clovis. Clovis. Yeah. That was a good cat. Clovis was a good cat. Good boy, good. cat. Because you're a cool cat. <laughs> it's great that you got to meet Hal Harley. I said hello to him once, but that's my full experience. I took a picture with Jim Jarmusch once, and Hal Hartley was right there off to the side. I wanted him to get in, but he clearly wanted nothing to do with it, so I didn't want to force him. I, I never met Hal Hartley, and I definitely have He's said tall. this. He's very tall. I've said this on more than one episode. One episode that is missing, which is episode four, Sorry, is that right. one time. No, I don't have any. Oh, thanks. Uh, walking, walking out of uh, B&H photographs, I saw Francis Ford Coppola standing out there oh, with Jesus. digital cameras. Punch him in the dick for me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Drop kick that guy. You know, he's the reason Victor Salva has a career. That is true. That, our, that is on our true. part of our committee do unearth unethical scumbag behavior on the part of Coppola should be noted. Victor Salva, pedophile. Pedophile, clowns. Molested an actor from Clown House. Returned to have a career, now does the Jeepers Creepers movie. Career revived, Francis Ford Coppola. So if you're going to go after Salva, put Coppola in your sights. I was surprised that Edgar Wright just released his list of 100 favorite horror movies and had Jeepers Creepers on there, considering the, like, the new environment of... Victor, you know, do not support Victor Salva. Yeah, but you and I had a conversation about this where. But if yeah. I can just sorry, if, can, if I can just tell my story and then you can tell me this because yeah, I, I am I, I am interested. <laughs> I am interested in what you have to say. I went up to him. This and also this is before I knew all this. This was in two thousand three, two thousand two, because yeah. uh, I was buying film cameras, and I said, I said, yeah. you're Francis Ford Coppola, and he was like, yeah, and I was like, I just want you to know that my favorite movie of all time is Rumblefish. And he gave me the most confused face I've seen because, you know, he I'm sure that you know, he's made all those other movies that people yeah. want to talk about. Could you do that or, voice again? All there all these other movies that people want to talk about of being oh my god, the Godfather, Godfather Two, The Conversation, Apocalypse Now, Rain People. <laughs> this is your uh, couple that you're doing? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Rainmaker. <laughs> no one talks. Oh, please! No one talks about that. Movie. I know. I was being joking. Although, actually, it's the movie that made Stone. Matt Damon unfortunately, or Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon. Um, Matt Damon. For Coppola, I like to go with the uh, background Simpson voice of. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> I, I also, when my friend was a bartender, he would, I would, he would always make me for buybacks. His, the free drinks he would give me was Sofia Coppola wine in a in a can. And we would just talk about the adjectives on there because there were like hundreds of adjectives. <laughs> Petulant was one of them. Reactionary, you know, like uh, not scrumptiousent, unfortunately. <laughs> and I would just be like, "Oh, I'm going to drink this reactionary, petulant champagne soda," which is weird. So that was my story. But you know, I want. What are you saying about Francis Ford Coppola? Uh, that he waited for. Carl Sagan to die and then the next day sued his widow over the rights to that fucking space movie to contact the day after Carl Sagan died. Was it the exact day or was it like within the week? Yeah, it was Waited right to after. sue his widow until he died over the rights to contact. What are, what are some other Coppola? He wasn't... Well, I don't want to spoil one because I, I actually... Well, I talked about the yeah. Stuart Gordon anecdote where he went to con and went to a restaurant there, like, and they thought he was Francis Coppola. So they gave him like a really nice like table and like free wine and everything, and they really pampered him. And he thought it was hilarious, so he like went along with it. And he kept pretending he was Francis Coppola, and then he actually met Coppola and said, 
and told him the story. Oh, I have a funny anecdote. You're going to like hearing this. And told him about it. And Coppola listened to the story and then said, you're too fat to be me. And then he ends the anecdote with, what an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You're too fat to be me. It's psychotic for Coppola to be be like, there are people fatter than me. (laughs) That guy, also in the Rushmore commentary, I also love they're talking about, uh, you know, they made this movie Rushmore and they showed it to Jason Schwartzman's uncle, is Coppola's uncle, whatever he is, uh, yeah. to get his response. And he and they're talking about, uh, he didn't say anything about the movie except he was really angry in this scene in the restaurant. The wines on display in background aren't his wines. That's he came out and just complained about us not featuring Coppola wines in the scenes where there are wines in the background and didn't have anything else to say about the movie. <laughs> So you guys are not fans of Francis Ford Coppola? As a person, I've only heard bad anecdotes about him. Yeah. Like, who, who, are, who are people you think we need to just... Take like, down a peg. Yeah, or take, like the whole Cotton Club story told by... No, uh, don't talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, because I we actually... Oh. There's a true crime story he's involved with, and I've been developing my mom as a nonfiction book writer, and we recently sold a treatment for this book based on the anecdote John was about to tell, and I would like to keep it buried because it is very forgotten until, right. this, until this comes out. Okay, there's, I'll, I'll, we'll switch it up. There's some, to um, it. Scott, yeah. you'd appreciate this. So, when Antipop can, did I tell the Antipop Francis Ford Coppola story? No. I think you did, but why not? Let's do it again. There's, uh, so two of the members of the Andy Pop Consortium, they were on Facebook and they were just posing a picture with, like, just some guy. And they were like, we just got to Heathrow and look who we met, Francis Ford Coppola. It was just some dude. (laughs) And every comment was like, yo, that's not Francis Ford Coppola. That's not Francis Ford Coppola. Like, that's just some guy. And, like, it was just, you know. I told you about when the dude came up to me on the street and was like, oh my God, can I get a photo? And I was like, who do you think you are? I was actually a young woman. Was it Blue Ruin? It was LP. Nice. He was like, <laughs> and I was like, I wish Marcus had been yep, there with me. Much. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'm LP. So oh, I hope no. there's some fucking Instagram photo of me with like, I met LP. I have to bring it back to Francis Ford Coppola. He's too fat to be me. I lost a decent amount of weight. Killer Mike is too fat to be me. That is Go true, ahead. without a doubt. <laughs> But I don't look enough like LP for that even to be a reasonable confusion. You have, Speaking you have of LP, red hair, yeah. I got mistaken for a connection to LP. This woman came up to me and was like, oh my god, I love your music. I'm like, what? Who do you think? Because I was a DJing at the time. She was like, aren't you Vast Air from Cannibal Ox? And I was like, no. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something about this. <laughs> that was, be a you wake up lady, call. but thank you for some life changes you've just brought on. <laughs> I, I need to do something. My things. dad would walk around Philadelphia and everybody would ask him for photos and he'd be like, I'm sorry I'm not anybody famous. This is like in uh, 1988, Was that called the moment of uh, clarity? Yeah. Uh, yes. Rock bottom. Yes. And eventually my dad was like, who, who do you think I am? And they were like, aren't you Jaws? Ron Jaworski? Local Philadelphia <laughs> here? Like the only city in the world anyone would have mistaken that. him for Jaws. He looks a little like Jaws. He now. does He's look like up. Jaws. I can see that. He does. Do you think Cyborg... commentator Ron Jaworski. Do you... Do you think Cyborg 2 will ever get its day? Ever get its due? Is that the Jack Palance one? We are with Angelina Jolie. Alright. Is that Angelina Jolie? Yes, yeah, Angelina Jolie. Whoa, I, I always remembered it being as being the good Cyborg. Thank you, okay. But well, I didn't know that. I haven't seen it since no, no, I was a No, no, just teenager. say that again. 
I always remember that. I always remember that as being the good cyborg. I had the poster. Episode for it. over.